Thanks to the U.S. Soy and the United Soybean Board for the sustainable makeover of our podcast studio and for sparking discussions on greener Hollywood production. Just like notes in a song, sustainable living is just a series of small, eco-friendly choices that contribute to the melody. Check out the Tears for Fears episode of One Song and see behind-the-scenes clips of how they pulled the whole look together. It's all on at Heartbeat Audio on YouTube, and the link is in our show notes. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit, credit to the people. Hello. Here we go. Check, check, check. Hello, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> All right. Good morning. Good morning. I, I hope we've been enjoying the, the, the music we've been playing for this Vegas crowd. Y'all been liking the music so far? One thing that we try and do with the music that we were just playing and on the show is we try to draw connections. Everything from Stevie Wonder to Duran Duran. Like, it just, it can be anything. It can be the latest, you know, little Baby single. It can be, like, the oldest, you know, Jackmaster, you know, track. You know, I... I have a special connection with Chicago, and uh, you know that's always going to be. We're always going to mix in some house music because that's very Absolutely, important to yeah, us. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I'm actor, writer, director, and sometimes DJ Diallo Riddle. Thank you. <laughs> and I am DJ, songwriter, producer, and guy on TikTok who whispers interpolation, <laughs> luxury. That's me. Hello. That's him. Hello. We're always competing to see who can have the most titles before their name. That's, that's a big thing. Uh, thank you. Coming to you live from Heartbeat Weekend in Las Vegas. This is one song. Everybody make some noise. Woo! All right. Um, I'm just going to get into the segments. Let's do it. Um, but honestly, before we get into today's show, a couple of things I want to call out. Uh, this is our very first live show. How are you feeling about that luxury? I am excited. This is amazing. What a beautiful crowd. Everyone's like handsome and beautiful and gorgeous. By the way, one thing I did notice since we're all staying at this hotel, or most of us are, there's a single smell of the same soap that everyone used, and I'm really kind of enjoying that. It's a nice, pleasant aroma, so it's really great. Yeah, I'm liking that. Uh, the second thing I want to call out is uh, this is the first time we've actually had a guest on the show, um, and it's something that we want to do more of. We want to talk to comedians about music. We want to talk to musicians about comedy. Uh, Questlove famously said all comedians want to be musicians all musicians want to be comedians and it's, it's really true but we wanted to do guests and this is the first guest we're ever going to have on the show uh, I'm so excited to introduce him he's filled arenas he's topped the charts he's been voted America's best DJ twice two times people who come to Vegas know him and know him well ladies and gentlemen make a huge round of applause for Cascade Woo! Felt a little constrained from the hug there. I'll give you a hug after, I promise. <laughs> all right, all right. Do you, do you remember that song? Yes, of course I remember that song. Yes, man. It's so, your first album. That was, that was my first, like, big one. It's you know, th this is one of the reasons why we're so excited to have you here, because I first came across your music uh, when you were on Ohm Records, and the song It's You and Me, it's like right up there in the Deep House canon with, like, you know, the, the, that was like when Naked Music... Everybody was on Naked Music. You know what I mean? That was, that was what was happening back then. It was, a, it was a special time. And the reason I bring it up is because, you know... Newsflash, I'm black. Uh, me and my friends, we would go to the... I know, exactly, right? 
uh, me and my friends, we would go to like parties where they would play house music and specifically deep house music because it just sounded like R&B with like a dance beat. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a reminder that black people invented electronic music and house music. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was there. It was. It was. It was black. It was gay. It was this. It was this Chicago house mix. And like, the the fact that Chicago is where they did the disco demolition. You know, like it was like the place they were like, oh, disco sucks. The irony is thick there, man. That man, is, yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. It's just it's it's ironic that the place that had like the most famous anti disco movement gave birth to this wonderful, beautiful house music that like you know black people return to from time to time i think deep house has those black roots beyonce made a house album a fantastic album that i was so happy because i feel like it brought a whole new generation of, of black people to this music anyone here have that album that he's referring to you guys know about beyonce anybody anybody okay, heard of just beyonce? making sure it's kind of kind of obscure yeah, obscure reference. artists obscure yeah. artists okay. uh well you know i might be getting ahead of ourselves so i'm gonna take a step back and just welcome you to the show and say that you recently dropped a new EP. What else, sir, have you been up to? Oh, man. Touring. I've just been playing a lot of shows. I've been here at Resorts World. This is a brand new uh, residency here in Las Vegas. You're playing tonight, um, right? You're here tonight, right? Yes. Yeah. This, is, this is cool. This afternoon at the pool. So if you oh, aren't doing anything this afternoon. All right. That's what you're doing. Come that's to what the you're pool. All doing. And you look really good half <laughs> naked. Then you're invited. We all awesome. do. We all look <laughs> Use your imagination. Just imagine us all naked. <laughs> um, okay, so we're, we're, we're excited about that. I want to I get back to Chicago for just a second because you are from Chicago, uh, the birthplace of house music. When we went to your people and were like, hey, we'd like to know what song was really formative for him. Like, what was, you know, like, what was that song? Because uh, here on One Song, we talk about one song. And... I was admittedly surprised. You know, I, I thought, oh, man, he's probably going to choose, like, you know. Marshall Jefferson. Yeah, Je- like Marshall body. Jefferson, Frankie Knuckles. Maybe Chic. You know, uh, Silk Hurley. Like, you know, we, we were thinking that. But you surprised us. You surprised us here because you Big reveal coming up. Big reveal. A song by a band called The Smiths. Before we get into the song, I am curious. How did you, how did you get into The Smiths? All right. I, I like that. And there's a good story there because... Listen, a lot of people don't know early dance music and early house music, a lot of it, I'd say the majority of it was instrumental, right? So when you guys are like, hey, send a song, you know, yes, I think back to the early years and a lot of Steve Silk Hurley and all this, Frankie Mm -hmm. Knuckles, Whistle Song, Whistle Song, Frankie, when I say Frankie Knuckles to me, I think of the Whistle Song, which is an instrumental song. Great song, doesn't take away from it anything. But when you're talking about songs, really, when you boil it down to it, to me, it's about words and melody. Mm-hmm. When you think of dance music now, yes, it's very song-based, lyric-based. But I think the early house music stuff, I was just more into the sound design, like the 808, the 909. For me, that was what drew me to it, the simplicity yeah. of it, right? Just the rhythmic nature of it. I was like, ah, oh, I love this. And then they were sampling a lot of these old disco records and just cutting them up and making them new. And I, that's, that was fascinating to me. But as a kid, when I was growing up, really, it was like Robert Smith and Morrissey and like these early kind of like new wave bands and the songwriting they were doing, that spoke to me as a kid. Yeah. And I was like, you know, 
just disgruntled were you, were you suburban kind of, kid. Were you kind of goth yeah. a little? Those are some dark references there. The Cure, right? Depeche Mode, maybe. Man, angry suburban kid. Yeah. Grown up, like, I don't fit in. Where, where's my place in the world? You angst, know? So, angst, <laughs> angst. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the teenage angst. Uh, and I think, honestly, I think Morrissey's a brilliant songwriter. Yeah. Um, and I like this song. Did we introduce the song? Did you say? Yeah, it? Yeah. Well, I'm 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 gonna introduce. Okay, it. Okay, do I'm that. I'm gonna introduce. I'll it. tell you why I picked that yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. No, listen. Um, the song you chose. Well, well, let's let's hear it now. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure everyone here at Heartbeat Weekend will know it. Uh, <laughs> let's play a little bit of How Soon Is Now. All right, How Soon Is Now by the Smiths. Make some noise. Emotional. It's emotional. We, we, by the way, we all have that on our playlist, too. I will say that. Um, the Smiths have so many classics. Why that one? Um, I think it's cool because it, it lends itself. Johnny Marr, amazing guitar player. I think that opening riff, everyone knows, and it's been sampled, I don't know, a lot. Yeah, uh, I remember in the '80s. Where was that? Hippie chick was yeah. a little, so, yeah, <laughs> hippie chick. That yeah, that was a great one that stole that riff or borrowed that riff. Um, so I think it's kind of a cool blend of cool sound design, which is what got me into dance music, and then um, great songwriting. The sun in the air. I think as a kid we fought because you know back then this is pre. Just Google yeah. it up and yeah, come exactly. with this stuff, right? You didn't have all of human knowledge at your fingertips back right. then. Right. So I thought I, the opening of the I am the sun, I am the air, it could be the sun, like outside the sun and the air, the air that we breathe. I am the sun and the air. I think this is an incredible line. But really, when I Googled it this morning to actually check, it's the sun. <laughs> Is in the the sun and dark. Which, by the, the way, sun, was news right. to me. I always thought it was the sun, the outside and the air around it. But and apparently, is, it's the the sun as in child, and the air as in someone who inherits. Right. This Did is the genius that. of Morrissey. I right. think this yeah. right here is a, a works a on multiple line. levels. That's a, that's great writing right there. Yeah. You know, gr- multiple interpretations. I will say, growing up, uh, you know, I was I grew up in an environment. It was like ninety nine point nine percent black. Okay, like you know, there there were literally three non-black kids at my school. There was there was Josh, there was uh, Tran Lee, and there was Jorge, and everybody else was black. Um, Josh, <laughs> and that's just the truth. But I will say, I was that I was one of the kids. Like there were there was a small cadre of us who listened to everything. So like we listened to Depeche Mode, we listened to Nirvana, we listened to a lot of that uh, music. The Smiths didn't come on my radar for a very long time, and I think it's just a part of their history. They never got the play in America, you know. Overall, that you know some of these other groups like you know Duran Duran, Depeche Mode, some a lot of these other groups that you know I, you can do any party and you put on some of those songs everybody knows that that's not always the case with the Smiths what is your relationship with the Smiths I mean the Smiths specifically this song I mean to your point the Smiths were dark we talked about they were like the cure there's a sort of angsty zone of certain bands where you know maybe if you're an only child like me and no one gets you and no girl likes you it's like you you, you retreat Aww, into these songs so for me this song specifically how soon is now which I'll be breaking down a little more in a moment 
that line that we heard that we've been talking about, um, or all of the lines, it's all about loneliness and no one loves me. That's kind of Morrissey's thing. In particular, I remember being a high school student. Fair enough, I was pretty young. Went to a club, fake ID, and that song came on. And in the song, he's talking about how you go, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but you go home and you cry and you want to die. That was me. And that was the moment I went from being not a Smiths fan to being a Smiths fan. And uh, lifelong goth, by the way. Like, I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not done. All right. We got some goths in the house. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, before we go any further, I think we're going to do a, a, a quick shout out to right. the good people who made all this possible. Um, and essentially, you know, talk to you about some things that will allow us to pay our bills. This episode of One Song is brought to you by Extra Refreshers Gum. Here on One Song, we're all about connections, and we love a good remix. Making the connections between the artists and the story behind the song, the connection between the DJ and the crowd, it's also important. And Extra Refreshers is there for you in all the moments you want to connect as you enjoy the music you know, with the refreshers, uniquely offering moments of play, adventure, and, you know, boredom busting through their mix packs, which include three flavors in one easy to open, close me bottle. It's yeah, the perfect it's true. personal stash so that's always there whenever you need it. You can find out more about extra refreshers by following at extra gum or heading over. So there you go, extra refreshers, everybody. <laughs> Word from our sponsor, yeah. Those are not Morrissey lyrics. Don't don't get it twisted. We're gonna come back after a quick break. Thanks to the U.S. Soy and the United Soybean Board for the sustainable makeover of our podcast studio and for sparking discussions on greener Hollywood production. Just like notes in a song, sustainable living is just a series of small, eco-friendly choices that contribute to the melody. Check out the Tears for Fears episode of One Song and see behind-the-scenes clips of how they pulled the whole look together. It's all on at Heartbeat Audio on YouTube, and the link is in our show notes. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome back. Now's the time on the show where we're yes. going to break down the song in question. How soon is now? We're going to go way back in time. We're going to start with a young Johnny Mars with his parents driving in the backseat of the car. He's like 15 or something. He's in Manchester. 
England in the, in the 70s, and a song comes on the radio, and young Johnny Marr is like, <gasps> something about this song just like gets inside of him, and, and here's the track. So uh, first off, I don't know if anyone in this room recognizes the track. Let's start with you guys. Do you know who this song is by or what the track is? I didn't recognize it. Okay. Uh, it's more. Bohannon. Yes. Uh, oh, good one. Hamilton Bohannon. Uh, That's right. Great, great artist. Absolutely. No, you nailed it. It's, it's Disco Stomp yep. by Bohannon. It's funny because it, it's, it's a lot like that track, if you recognize, uh, if you know New York Groove, it's this, the tracks are virtually identical, and I couldn't figure out which copied the other, but they're both 1975. It's a very 1975 song. And importantly, it's a groove that goes back before that. It's dun dun bump dun dun Does anybody know what that rhythm is called? Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. That's the Bo Diddley beat. So this track uses that Bo don't 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 beat, and Johnny Marr loved that beat. He just loved that rhythm. So this becomes a building block of what would become this song. And I'm going to go a little further down the path. This, this, follow me down this rabbit hole, if you will. If you will. Um, oh, just one more fact, by the way, about Bohannon. A couple of fun facts. Um, he was in an early band with Jimi Hendrix, which I did not know. This is like an unsung disco hero. This but is kind awesome. of on the lowdown. You're blowing me away. Uh, the fact that he can <laughs> right? connect Johnny Marr to Bohannon then is awesome. Like so I cool. said, just like extra refreshers gum, we're all about connections. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. But you know, I got to say one thing I love about Bohannon is that he, um, he did one of my favorite disco tracks of all time, Let's Start the Dance, and that's the Hell one. Yeah. That's the one. Uh, with the ma- it's got a massive breakdown about halfway through the song, and that's that's where um, uh, she says, I'll be watching you all night. Don't you want to dance? Everybody dance now. Everybody dance And that now. is where they got the everybody dance now. That's yeah. a, oh, everybody together. Interpolation. That was an That's interpolation, interpolation. Not of a Bohannon song. Interpolation. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Keep going. All right. Well, a couple more fun facts. Uh, Bohannon was in the backing band for a bunch of Motown bands. So when, when you saw um, Smokey Robinson, Marvin Gaye, Diana Ross in the 70s, Bohannon was leading the band in the background. And last but not least, one of my favorite references, because it's one of my favorite songs of all time. You guys all know Tom Tom Club. Um, Genius of Love. Genius of Love, of course. You know, they, they name drop James, James Brown. They have all those name drops, Sly and Robbie. There's one reference that you might have missed because you don't know what the hell they're saying. But from now on, when they do that, this one part, you'll know. Bohannon, 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 Bohannon. Bohannon, 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 Bohannon. Who do you think when your feet just go? Bohannon, 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 Bohannon. For years, I was like, what the hell is that? It's Bohannon, 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 Bohannon. Anyway. That's all you need to know about Bohannon. You need to go impress your friends next time. Um, we're going to get into the next Johnny Marr reference. And um, in addition to that Bo Diddley rhythm, so remember that dun, 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 there's another important component, and that is this one. The now this, this track actually has both the rhythm and the new thing I'm going to describe, which is tremolo, which is that, oh, that kind of wobbly sound. That's literally the volume pedal kind of coming in and out. So just it's like, bah, uh, 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 that's how you, that's, that's happening to the guitar. By, By the, the way, way you, guys I, know? you know what's crazy is when you played that just now. I actually thought that I thought we were listening to the stems that's of the Smiths. Big, that's a pretty super big. That's a pretty big. That's super close, right? Very, yeah. It's a little slower on the Morrissey track. Yeah, that's it's wild. almost it's crazy. identical. It is almost identical. But that is actually a track by the Rolling Stones. 
It's called Mona from 64, and it's a cover of a Bo Diddley song. Not super surprising. There's a lot of Bo Diddley in this track, in, in the Smiths song. Um, so the tremolo, that's basically what it is. It kind of evokes kind of a swampy vibe, too. You kind of get a little bit of, like, swampy Louisiana kind of feeling in there as well. Um, can I, can I yeah. just say, I, I actually love it when artists and musicians do stuff like that. It reminds me of yeah, me that guitar solo uh, from Santana on a... And it turned out <laughs> that Wyclef was like, yeah, I just really am a fan of Wu-Tang Clan Ain't Nothing to Fuck With. And so we played the on a guitar. And that's, that's, that's all that, that they did to come up with that. Let's, let's just do a quick refresher, by the way. That's crazy. Like, and all yeah. those connections are crazy. Connections. It's all about connections, and it's all about extra. So that's what it's all about. So one more, uh, if I can get the intro to How Soon Is Now. And remem remembering those two snippets we just played, here is the intro to the song, the Smith song, How Soon Is Now. So there's Mona by the Stones. There's Bo Diddley. Iconic intro. And iconic intro is one of the last things I want to talk about because iconic intro was absolutely Johnny Marr's goal when he wanted the song to be known in one second. He wanted it, in his words, he wanted it to be like Layla by um, Eric Clapton. Yeah. We won't play that, but it's da 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 da. Like, you know, it's Eric Clapton, Layla in a, in a heartbeat. Same thing going on with How Soon Is Now. That was the intent. So we think he, we think he nailed it with that one. There's a cool interpolation in this song and uh, do y'all want I'm curious if you know this one so we're gonna play it for you play right. the uh, how soon is now there's a part later in the song where there's this little melody part that comes in can you play that for us I'll point it out here it comes it's this one here here it comes That's it. It's this little moment, almost a throwaway, but it's ding, 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 ding. And that is actually a conscious reference. It's Johnny Marr giving a shout out to one of his favorite hip hop tracks from 82, 83. What? Yeah. You, wanna, you, wanna tr you guys have any ideas or should we just... Any guesses? It's, it's kind of I, a deep cut. I feel it's like I almost can yeah, hear yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on the tip of your tongue. Scratch that brain. I don't know if you can find it. Um, go ahead and play it. No way. Yep. Love Bug Starsky. Hell this, yeah. This is, a, this is a deep cut. That, I, I thought it was going to be something like Planet Rock or something like that. I thought it was yeah. going to be like some yeah. Run DMC stuff. But like that, that's actually dope. He was listening to Love Bug Starsky. It's Love Bug Starsky. It's produced by Curtis Blow yeah. uh, and Larry Smith, who did a bunch of Run DMC. The early Run DMC stuff is all Larry Smith. Cascade, I, I just want to talk about Love Bug Starsky. Mind is blown. My I was just going to say, I want to pause for a second. That's a lot of information. How are you feeling with all this? I was <laughs> Awesome. I love because I'm looking at you and I love the smile on your face. Yeah, I didn't no, want to like, this is, you're blowing me away. This is great. <laughs> uh, any of those in particular where you're like, oh my God, you, you, you kind of knew the song or kind of you noted the connection or something? I didn't know any of these connections, yeah. but I think it's amazing. I mean, I'm a huge Johnny Marr fan. I mean, I think that's why these two eventually had to split. You know, Morrissey, yeah. Phil, and formed his own thing. You know, two alphas there that try right. to get the control. Strong wills. Uh, yeah, no, there have been some great partnerships. You know, Andre 3000 and Big Boy, 
Johnny Marr and, uh, you know, Johnny Marr. I actually think that's not a bad comparison. Yeah. Are the Smiths the outcasts of <laughs> we love this game. indie rock? Yeah. You know, yes, we're always, they trying, are. To, they we're are. always trying to figure out what spaces people occupy. But Johnny Marr and Morrissey are kind of like, I could totally see that comparison. That's a good comparison because no. the Smiths are kind of funny. They're, they're like the Smiths have a sardonic humor, humor to yeah, their they, lyrics. They, they, I think that's a great parallel there. No. I, I, I've heard that Coachella's been trying to get them back together. Yes. Oh my God. Offering obscene amounts of money. Obscene amounts of money. If anyone can happen, make it happen. It's Coachella. I don't know. I mean, I heard uh, BBC Radio 1 uh, John Peel, or some, I think it was John Peel, he was like, uh, Morrissey's lyrics are like, he, Morrissey's the one guy who can make me laugh out loud while I'm listening to a song. Uh, with, with, you know, just crazy time. Big Mouth Strikes Again and all that other stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Well, hanging hang the DJ was my second pick. But I was going to ask you, yeah, just yeah. for the irony, but yeah, it's cool. fun. It's fun to be a DJ and play hang the DJ, <laughs> yes. and then and then segue into I am a DJ, I am what I play, perhaps by David Bowie. Um, I'm going to do one more musical reference, and then we're going to get into the lyrics a little bit. Um, and this is a really big one for us as all house music fans and makers. Uh, so here we go. Now this is more of a kind of connection that I'm making. Those are 16th notes. And the importance is that with the How Soon Is Now, if you want to quickly play the How Soon Is Now intro again, just to compare the two, you're hearing that's really hard to play. Like to make that happen on a guitar is incredibly challenging because you're not doing it's the pedal doing it in sequence. So a big part of the how the song got made backstory includes getting that da-da-da-da-da-da to be on time. And this guy, I'm actually wearing a shirt, George Maroder, who produced the Donna Summer I Feel Love snippet I just played for you. He was one of the first to master how to do that and then influence Chic and I think Johnny Marr in this song. So there's a connection back wow. to house music. So I'll love that. Yeah, love it's all that. Are, you a, are you a Giorgio fan? Of course. Of course, yeah. Do you have a favorite track? Can't make, can't make... Can't make house music and not love Donna Summer and not love Georgia. <laughs> no, and, and, and yeah. also just to get really nerdy for a second, in your productions, I've noticed there's a lot of like arpeggiated 16th notes. That's a big part of what you do. That and Tremelo, we sidechain tons of stuff in right? dance music. I use that trick all the time, which I think if Johnny was doing that guitar riff now instead of the Tremelo, he probably would have like done some kind of sidechaining trick, which is right. a very yeah, to keep it commonly on used production tool right now. I mean, that's right. just kind of the flavor of now, I guess. That is the sound of dance music. Yeah. So there's a connection to Cascade, a Smith's Johnny Marr Cascade connection, Certainly sponsored is. by Extra <laughs> Refreshers. All right, I think we're good on the, on the deep dive into the music. Thanks for joining me on that rabbit hole. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit now about, about Mr. Morrissey, Stephen Patrick Morrissey, the lyricist and uh, person with... There's a lot of content potentially to come here. We'll, we'll discuss who he is as a man and some of his uh, present-day choices. But you, you want to talk about the vocals, uh, I Am Human, right? Right. right. Well, first we're going to get into, we'll talk about the lyrics. The uh, title for this song, it's one of these kind of, it's a bit pretentious to name your song, not what's ever said in the song, because the song is called How Soon Is Now, and the song chorus doesn't go, How Soon Is Now? Like, he doesn't ever say How Soon Is Now. Right? It's like Blue Monday. They never say Blue Monday. But we do know that Morrissey, going back to being pretentious, uh, was pretentious in a good way. Like, he was a feminist. He was like, he had a bunch of feminist literature. And the title for this song actually comes from a somewhat obscure 1973 
book that he told enemy was one of his favorite books. It's called Popcorn, Venus, Women, Movies, and the American Dream by Marjorie Rosen. And there's a line in this, in this book that says, how immediately can we be gratified? How soon is now? So that's, in this song, he's referencing this really deep cut feminist icon. Um, and that's where the title comes from. Not sure how it connects with the rest of the lyrics, but that is, are you, a, are you guys Marjorie Rosen fans? I had never heard of Marjorie Rosen. <laughs> But no, no, listen, I, 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 th- I think it's a good point. Go ahead. <laughs> I love news this to me. This, this is me. That's great. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. I, I'm not surprised that he's super well read. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. His vocabulary is amazing. So. The, the, the Smiths were pretty political. They were, they were called the most political band of the Margaret Thatcher UK. So, like, yeah. they, the, you know, those... those pl- I, I'd actually be curious to know from you as an artist, as you said, house music and dance music, they don't often have... They're not at sometimes they're not as lyrically driven, you know what I mean? And like you said, a lot of times they can be instrumental. Um, so you know, I, I, I even say, like, to a certain extent, dance's music has almost been anonymous. Like, you know, it's kind of ironic that like Daft Punk and, and Dead Mouse, you know, they wear things over their face because half the time we don't know what people look like anyway. You know, the dude who's saying, What is love? Like, I have no idea what that <laughs> dude looks like. <laughs> he can look like anything, Johnny Hathaway. <laughs> Shout out to Hathaway. He's like, I'm in the back. Um, <laughs> but like, because people don't necessarily come to dance music looking for any kind of like political agenda or something like that, do you think there is a place in dance music for any social commentary? I mean, like, it's funny because I feel like I know where everybody, you know, in hip hop or rock, like, you know, you kind of, because there's so many more lyrics being thrown at you, you kind of like feel like you know them a little bit. And in dance music, is there space to comment on the state of the world or is it just yeah what, no, what is I your think, take on that i think we're just at the beginnings of that mm. happening because dance music matured a lot right it was instrumental now okay it's more lyric driven right and i think that's just because the technology's become more accessible to make a dance record you need a sampler okay that used to cost a lot of money now yeah. okay now you can make a record on your parents' laptop. You can be 12 years old composing something, whatever, on an iPhone. You can make beats now. No. So I think it's... I remember it's be- when the home studio was like a big deal. Like you had to invest oh, yeah. tens of thousands. Nowadays, like my 11-year-old kid likes to make beats. That's it. I mean, that I was only like 10 a little years ago. I a $500 pack that goes... Hooks. It's literally the, all you need to produce yeah. the album. Yeah. I mean, GarageBand comes loaded. What's in GarageBand's like... A hundred times more powerful than what Motown was built on, you know. Crazy, right? So, I think the accessibility—it's becoming less like dance music per se, because I think everything electronic was dance music yeah. for a minute, like Kraftwerk. Oh, it's dance music, you know. <laughs> but now that's—it's just becoming electronic music, and there's a lot of variations in there, and it's becoming more political, and it's becoming more artist-based. Right? Yeah. People are starting to know and understand the people behind this. Um, movement of music because it's just maturing and it's changing. So it is changing a lot, and it's ironic that you say that Morrissey. It sounds like you said he used the, a line from feminist literature because nowadays you think of Morrissey as like you know right. he's he's pretty known. At the time, he was kind of he seemed very leftist, and he was like talking about veganism. he was like one of the first high profile vegans. Now he's right. pretty right leaning Tory yeah. voting. Now we're not dude. sure what his deal is. Yeah, he's. he's well, I, feel, I feel like on the spectrum somewhere, the left and the right, they meet somewhere. Um, yeah, no, it's just interesting because it is interesting how perception of Morrissey 
has changed over time. But I also feel like he's probably stayed the same and the culture's changed a little that bit. That could be. Or he maybe just got old and cranky. Or Sometimes you get old and cranky. I mean, the asexual thing, that's got to catch up to. If you're asexual and it's like a big party personality and then the years of not having the sex crankiness up, is you get a little yeah, angry. That, it doesn't uh, feel good. I mean... For me, that's <laughs> certainly the case. <laughs> I know, just to bring it back, by the way, you mentioned the opening line of the song because I wanted to actually tell you where that comes from. Uh, the I am the sun and the air. And by the way, you're in good company because the producer of this track, his name is John Porter. He, he, he's Roxy Music producer, big time British guy. Roxy Music. He, Roxy Music. Oh, rock. one of my favorites. Were yep. you a fan? Big yep. Roxy Music fan? Yes, huge. So huge. I mean, Brian Eno, Brian Ferry. So Porter produced this track, and when he heard Morrissey walk into the booth and sing that line, I am the sun and the air, he just hears those two lines, and he's like, oh, he's talking about the elements. That's so smart. It makes sense. And then he goes on to say, of a shyness that is criminally vulgar. And then he, as the rest of us, are like, wait a second, he just... That was a homophone, sun and air. Those are two sounds that mean multiple yeah. words. So he's so clever. <laughs> it turns out, by the way, that this line is, is a reference, another literary reference. It comes from Middlemarch, George Eliot, 1872. And the opening line is, to be born the son of a Middlemarch manufacturer, an inevitable heir to nothing in particular. So Morrissey takes this line from a 19th century novel and he plops it right at the top of a pop song, an iconic pop song. So that, that's another... Do, do we have any of those lines? Do we have any of those isolated vocals to play? Do we have some of them? Let's do it. You shut your mouth, how can you say I go that takes the wrong way I am human and I need to be loved I mean, come on. That just gets to your emotional core. Who in this room does not need to be loved? Raise your hand it's if you don't need to be loved. You, See, no very hands. Personal. No hands. You know, on, on, on everybody's playlist, it's always like, you know, Beyonce. Sure. Stevie Wonder. The Smiths. The Smiths. It's always Everyone that. in this it's room. Every, everybody's big, big Smith But I think that's cool because I, I love to hear when people's influences for dance. I think that's one of the beauties of dance music that it draws in people who listen to the Smiths. It can draw in people who, you know, because I, I know one of the first songs that got me into dance music was a Erica Badu remix um, that, you know, just a, a guy in L.A. put out on a white label. Um, and then I was reminded as a kid, I really liked the Pet Shop Boys, who, you know, that was another group that, you know, really made me feel like it was very, very cool. Um, I had one quick question, which, which I maybe mean, you have already answered it, Cascade, but if you have a favorite, do you have a favorite Morrissey lyric or, vo- or, or line, since we're talking about his literary I, tendencies? I'm going to say I'm the sun in the air. I think this is That's the one. completely genius, and I love that it's from old literature. I mean, that, to me hearing about this song has been so cool. I didn't yeah. know any of this stuff. I, I, I have a favorite Morrissey line. I, I'll say my favorite lyric is, uh, now I know how Joan of Arc felt. <laughs> and now I know how Joan of Arc felt. Now I know how Joan of Arc felt. 
That's a, that's a, that's a good that's, that's a fun He's one. got a lot of zingers in there. No, this charming man. I didn't even know what that song was about. I, so I discovered the Smiths really after you know after college or whatever. But uh, but there are some great songs there. I love how they tried to bring in sort of like '60s. You know, they had like those 1960 tempos where like everybody was up on uppers, I guess, or something <laughs> like that. You know, one interesting thing about you is that you are actually you are. Um, well, I, I don't think I think it's actually public knowledge uh you're a mormon and you have never had one drug you've never drank you've never done any of that stuff and yet you like this music that is completely associated with drinking and drugging you know yes it is <laughs> i sound like a 1950s politician right now. <laughs> that's that drinking and drugging that reefer, going to hell. reefer madness <laughs> what is it Polly? i don't like that stuff um but seriously how do you <laughs> she knows what's up how do you uh I mean, like, you've been asked this a million times, I'm sure, but, like, does it, does it ever make you feel weird that you're probably surrounded by people who are into that stuff? No. I, yeah. Is that weird that it doesn't? I don't, I don't know how to answer totally. that. No, I've never felt very uncomfortable or, I, I don't know, I just grew up enjoying this music and yes. the fact that I was sober, I don't know, never really entered the conversation. Nobody really cared. I think early dance music attracted a lot of misfits and kids that were kind of different yeah. and didn't fit in. And I felt, because I wasn't hanging out at the kegger on Friday night, I felt different. So I was hanging out with the misfits, and we were doing different things, hanging out at the club in the city. So I think that's dope. Well, I love the fact that you love that music. We will continue to enjoy your music. From It's You, It's Me, all the way to the new EP, uh, thank, thank you, you so thank much you. for thank creating this great much, sound. Man. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Everybody, Cascade! Thank you, Cascade! Thank you. Woo! All right. That was great. That was great. First live show. First live show. We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> that was fun. I had a good time. But anything that... You- Coming out of that conversation, make you think differently about the Smiths or, or the song? No, I, I, I think the Smiths are cool, and I still, you know, their sound was a little different. It doesn't surprise me that they didn't necessarily take off the same way Duran Duran and Depeche Mode and some of those other things. Yeah. I think it's time for, uh, for the game. We're going to play a game. Yeah, let's play, you guys the ready game. For a game. let's play the game. It's a game. It's game time. Brought to you by our sponsors, Extra Gum. And uh, the purpose of this game, like the purpose of the gum is to show connections, how things that don't seem connected actually are. The game is called Six Degrees of Interpolation. Six Degrees of Interpolation. Interpolation, by the way, for those of you who don't know, interpolation is, it's like a sample, except instead of actually taking the music, copying and pasting it to your new track, you take an idea like a melody and you reuse it in a new song. So for example, the song Summer Breeze was interpolated by Master P into Smoke and Weed. So his nice. song was smoking weed makes me feel high. That's interpolation. interpolation. That's interpolation. That's a great example. Thank you. Okay, well, came up with that one on the spot. Okay, l- take a moment to kind of reset because you're going to need every brain cell for this okay, one, my friend. Here we go. Here it comes. We got two very different artists, mm-hmm. different genres, different everything. Can you link these two artists in less than six steps? Is the is this the challenge? I'm going to name two artists. Okay. You're going to link them. Okay. Anyway, it's like six, way, degrees, six degrees be, of Kevin Bacon. It can be. It's it's exactly like that. Yeah. They can be collabs. It right. can be samples. It can be anecdotes. It's very free flowing how you connect it. But I want you to get from Morrissey, lead singer for the Smiths, House Spoon as soon as now Morrissey, the guy we just talked about, the pretentious lyrics, Mancunian with questionable politics. 
We want you to connect Morrissey with Ice Spice. Can you do it? In six steps? In six or less. <sighs> Can it be done? Really? 60 seconds. How to be a millionaire music? Clock <laughs> is ticking. Um, all right. Oh, Morrissey to Ice Spice. And we got about 50 seconds left here. I know. This is going to make compelling radio. Audience, and I'm, I'm just curious, any hands? Um, okay, any lifelines? Hints? You want a hint? I'm going to give you a hint. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, no, I got one. He didn't need no hint. No, I think I got it. Hold okay. on. Okay, Morrissey to Ice Spice. Here we go. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm lucky as hell. It's stressful. I know. Morrissey, I told you. Morrissey uh, was a big critic of Margaret Thatcher. Okay. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher had a contentious relationship with the royal family, including Princess Diana. Oh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Princess Diana is a song yeah. with Nicki Minaj and nice. Ice Spice. Was that only I got three? four steps. Was that four or three? That four. That was four. Dude, that's amazing. I am... Let's keep going. Give me another one. That's... <laughs> I am very I am impressed. lucky as hell. They got a song called Princess Diana. There you go. I'm going to give full credit to our producer, Matt, on this one, because I was, I was trying to come up with one, too, and I went down the wrong path. I was like, I was like um, Pink Pantheris interpolated Eric Satie, the French composer from the 1800s. I'm like, I'm like in a corner over here with the 1800s nah, in France. Son, you're never going to get there nowhere. in four steps. That got me nowhere. But he did come up with a really good one. I lucked out. I, do you want to yeah. say it yourself? Okay, so this is, this is how you do it. Another way, you go from... Ice Spice, I'm Scottish, that's why I sound like this. You're, <laughs> you're not having a stroke, don't worry. You go from um, Ice Spice collaborated with Taylor Swift, who bought Johnny Marr's Jaguar Fender guitar. Johnny Marr was in the Smiths with Morrissey. There you go. I there was you like, go. Thank wow. you, thank you. I was thank like, you. wow. <laughs> so you both blew me away. I, I failed miserably on that one. So no extra gum for that's a, me. That's a fun game, though. I think we should do that more often. Yeah. Oh, you like that one? Okay. I like that game. We'll do that one again. I, I like it when I win. Um, I feel a little bit like our show might be ending around I think that's now. it. So listen. We did what we came to do. Thank you. We want to say a special thank you to our very special guest, Cascade. One more round of applause for Cascade, everybody. Thank everyone in the audience for coming. Yes. For waking up early, putting that soap on. It's a great aroma. I'm really enjoying. I'm not being sarcastic. And, it and smells. You all smell really nice, but you all smell the same. That's all I'm saying. I want to thank all of you all for coming out and spending some time with us today. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One Song is a Sirius XM and Kevin Hart's LOL Radio production. It's hosted by me, Luxury, and my friend Diallo Riddle. This episode was produced by Matthew Nelson and Jordan Colling with engineering from Marcus Hong. Additional production support from Leslie Guam, Charles Childers, and Alicia Shimada. The show is executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, Mike Stein, Brian Smiley, Eric Eddings, and Eric Wilde.
This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo. And in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host Scott Aukerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Jason Alexander, Natasha Leone, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters and oddballs drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply.